most important button is uh, record. And my name's Eric. My name is Seth. And you're listening to Same Team, y'all. Music provided by our our good friend Guy Dudeman. Um, how are you doing today, Tess? I'm doing okay. I had like a rough day. Do you yeah. do you want to talk about it? Well, not really. Just that it was just super busy. Somebody called out of work for a personal reason that was kind of sad, and like it kind of I was kind of thinking about it all day, and it was making me sad. And then I had to cover for that person. So I had a bunch of extra responsibilities. And um, at the end of the day, I just felt white because I was working really hard. And I was also just like thinking about sad stuff. So I'm real excited to talk to my friend tonight about about uh, stuff that we love. All my this would be a real bad day to just pick depressing things for all my loves. (laughs) That would be okay. I would respect it. Yeah, you would yeah, yeah. it's it's my choice it's my choice That's um right. who well, am i to judge we were talking earlier about like first world problems i'm really depressed because i don't have tea with me right now i have to drink <laughs> fruit punch <laughs> the um if we have any new listeners uh, oh you got your cake ready i see <laughs> i i keep forgetting to even bring cake i don't know i'm i'm not very good at this but um I was going to say, if we have any new listeners, this is a podcast where two librarian best friends talk about uh, stuff that we love, uh, sometimes tales from the library, and the life lessons that we've learned along the way, all in an effort to hopefully brighten up your day. And uh, I got to tell you, Tess, my day was okay. Yesterday, I don't want to, I'm not going to get into it. Yesterday was a, a, I was going to say bonkers, but bonkers isn't the right word. Yesterday surprising things happened at work that I didn't expect to happen and I thought about them for a long time Whoa. yeah it was Hails from the library it, it was something it was something um yesterday my ankle hurt so bad I thought I like I was worried I broke it again really <laughs> did anything not a good day did it's anything today well it's not fine like I can <laughs> I still can tell that it it was broken at one point but I mean it didn't feel like yesterday like every time I moved it it was like ow ow it was really weird did anything happen to it like again <laughs> you know what I think happened I our listeners I'm sorry <laughs> Eric and I also like we do this podcast for your entertainment but it's also um Eric and I don't get to talk as much as we used to and this is like the time that we talk so just to just to update my friend yeah give um, me some updates i think what happened was what happened was we had that ice storm Mm -hmm. do you have an ice storm where you are yeah there was an ice storm yeah well you're north you're north of me so i imagine it snows even more up there i have i have weather blindness i don't even see the weather (laughs) 
I look outside and people are like, what? They're like, what's the weather like? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You're not going to like my life lesson today, though. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got front fruit punch all over my all over my laptop okay my life lesson is weather related weather. but I think what happened was we had that ice storm and I didn't move around very much because there wasn't really anything to do mm. and what I should have been doing was like laps around my house or something because I guess when I don't use my ankle for a while it kind of like reverts to um like not wanting to be used. And so I didn't really walk around for like four days. And then I went to work and I walked around all day. And then my ankle was like, ow. Your ankle is like um, Neo's eyes when he left the matrix. Remember exactly. like he, he had to get used to seeing again because he had never used his eyes before. Exactly. Um, as and I'll tell you right now, Tess, you were kind of joking about like this not being interesting. Um, I bet our listeners edge their seat. What is going on? <laughs> What is going on with their uh with her ankle? I need to know. Ankle watch. Ankle, ankle watch. Twenty twenty one. But but tell me if this is too soon. Breaking news. Oh, like, oh no. okay. Um, are you ready for our quote of the episode? I sure am. Okay. Uh, this quote. Um, it's my quote this week. It is a poem by Wendell Berry, uh, and it is titled um, "The Peace of Wild Things." When despair for the world grows in me and I wake in the night at the least sound in fear of what my life and what my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water and I feel above me the day blind stars waiting with their light. For a time, I rest in the grace of the world and am free. This is by Wendell Berry, The Peace of Wild Things. Why did I pick that quote? Oh, well, I'm going to guess that you picked it because you and I often have conversations mm -hmm. about how humans have a lot of made up stories about what life is supposed to be like. And we get disappointed when life doesn't live up to our expectations. Meanwhile, every non-human thing in the world doesn't do that. <laughs> we get caught up in the story of, uh, and we forget the fact that everything that's happened is a memory and everything that could happen is imaginary, right? <laughs> um, and I picked the, this quote too, because uh, uh, when despair for the world grows in me, I feel like that's like my main defining trait <laughs> for the past, uh, let's just say, I don't know, four and a half years or so. Um, <laughs> and um, it is, like you said, it's important to remember that like, we've talked about this before, like, what does it mean to have despair for the world right like what can we do about it where meanwhile rosie your dog and my dog chippy they're doing just fine you know <laughs> they're not living in this made up uh, this made up world that that we've created for ourselves you know there it is boom i actually had a tea party today at work so this is really cool so we, we had yeah yeah we have i formed it because okay i don't think i told you about this test the uh, I formed help form the wellness team at my new job because okay. that feels that feels like an Eric thing to do. Yep. And so we plan activities every month. 
for no purpose other than for staff to have a good time. And this month it was a tea party where people brought in their favorite teas and we all sampled them and talked about them. And of course I brought in a poem. I brought in that poem, which at, I'll tell you right now, at first I was nervous because, you know, you're like, hey, guys, I brought a poem. You want me to read it? Um, but then someone else was like, hey, I've got a poem that I really like. And they oh. read it. And then Mer my friend Miranda ended up like singing for us. She was like, I have a poem memorized, but it's easier for me to sing it. And she goes, I won't sing it for you. And then me and Karen were like, this is a safe place with the tea. Go ahead. So she sang it. And it was like this wonderful moment you know, with her singing to us as we drank our tea. Yeah, I know. I love that so much. <laughs> I know, right? Like, you know, an, a, another adult who's not like a professional singer being like, okay, she did close the door to the break room <laughs> so, to contain the safe space. But um, anyway, yeah, so that was the poem I read for them for because I wanted to find a poem for the tea party. And I was like, oh, this is good. This is a good quote is what I said. So you were right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, are you? Oh, Tess, should what? we talk about what the special thing is we're going to do with our loves? Oh, yes. You remember? Good. Yes. Here, I'm going to hit the. You, here, I'll hit the button and then you can explain it. Okay. This is the stuff that we love. We love! This is the stuff that we love. We love it so much. This is the stuff. Okay, what was your ingenious, nay, phenomenally, it was like lightning in a bottle idea that you had, look at you. Yeah, so original. Uh -huh, um, uh -huh. I just thought since it was sort of around Valentine's Day that we would give Valentine's to our loves. So Eric, who or what are you giving a Valentine to this okay. week? This is a great one. Okay. This is, I, I love this idea so much. Um, dear, here, wait, this is what I'll do. Dear Marshall Rosenberg, although you died in 2015, I really appreciate you writing the book Nonviolent Communication and forming the organization Nonviolent Communication found at cnvc.org. I listened to your audiobook on my way to and from work, and I thought that the advice that you gave me about how I can communicate through nonviolent communication by listing my observations, my feelings, my needs, and requesting them by not being judgmental was very helpful. Michael Rosen, my, my, Marshall Rosenberg, I've never met you, but you are a person that I'm loving. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, that's so nice. I like that you actually wrote it out too. I didn't do that. <laughs> that's okay. The um real quick, have you heard of nonviolent communication tests? I haven't. Tell me more. Okay. Well, let me tell you. I feel like I'm going door to door. Like, excuse me. <laughs> have you heard of our Lord and Savior have, Marshall Rosenbaum? <laughs> have you heard of the good word from Marshall Rosenberg? So um I listened to the audiobook. And I know there's physical books out, but what's so great about the audio is he he reads it himself. He's the the founder of CNVC, nonviolent communication. Uh, and the method essentially is that the the way you 
you describe things and you list what you, the way you communicate with others through what you need and what you would like them to do isn't by making demands, but by listing your observations, listing your feelings, what you need, like what you need from them. And, and then also key part is requesting it. And I actually, where's my thing? Here it is. I was leaving notes to myself while I was listening because I was re-listening to it on my way uh, home today. And where's my note? Here it is. Uh, here he says, he says the key is observing without evaluating avoid evaluating each other using moralistic judgment based on your internal ideas of rightness and wrongness right that kind of feels like a thing we're always talking about right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um anyway that's it in a nutshell if you're ever interested uh, like i said it's called nonviolent communication uh, the website, there is like uh, a course you can take to become like certified in it. It's um, and anyway, his book really spoke to me. And I don't know, I don't think this is in the physical book, but Tess, you ready for this? I'm ready. His audiobook, first of all, he's when he wrote the audiobook or when he narrated it, he was clearly not dead yet, but he was an older gentleman and he does this thing where he We'll, he'll be talking about it, like how everyone has these needs. And he has on his website a, a need inventory. Where is this? And he's got a feel, here it is, needs inventory, uh, like acceptance, affection, safety, security, stability, support. These are ideas if you're trying to search for like, what is the thing that you need right now? Oh. Authenticity, joy, humor. And he'll start talking about these needs and then test it's an audiobook, so I don't know this, but he would pull out a guitar and I, I S you not sing a song, a folksy old man song about the needs inventory. And it wow. is, it is incredible. I wish I had, I, I might, I might find it on YouTube real quick and we could listen to it a little <laughs> bit together, but it is just so charming. And he has this, he goes, he, I'm going to try to do an impression. He goes, and uh, he goes, we all have the, not the same needs, but we all have needs and the needs we want them to be fulfilled. And uh, he goes, and that, uh, you know, it, it makes me think of a song. <laughs> He'll just start playing a song. And they'd be like, and everyone, if you really listen, everyone is singing the same song. And it goes a little something like this. It, it I swear to you, Tess. And it is, it's very great. So anyway, uh, Marshall Rosenbaum, um, Marshall Rosenberg, um, the author of Nonviolent Communication, you're a stuff I'm loving, my friend. <laughs> Where did you um, listen to it? Was it on Hoopla or Overdrive? It was on Hoopla. Okay, yes. I'm gonna be listening. To go that ahead one. and check. Go <laughs> ahead and check it out. And I, it's only as far as audiobooks go, it's not that long. It's like five hours. So for me, that was like two and a half days worth of driving. But uh, I, it spoke to me. And a lot of it is stuff we're saying already. But like he lays it out, like I, like he lays it out in a more. Um, eloquent way than I can, if that makes sense. So. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. So I'm going to give a Valentine mm -hmm. to, um, I have a friend whose name is Amanda. It's not your wife, Amanda. I got it's excited. <laughs> it's like, wait, I'm her Valentine. Get out of here. <laughs> Mo moving in on my wife. <laughs> your Amanda is lovely. Um, but this is another Amanda that I know. Um, we met, we were on a book award committee in like 2012 and uh, she was a very nice lady. 
and her name is Amanda and her sister's name is Erin. And they started a podcast together. Oh, cool. And um, yeah, so I figured since you did something you listened to, I'll do something I've been listening to. Yeah. I've been listening to their podcast and it's called, okay, it's great. It's called Madness Madness. And the reason it's called that <laughs> is because the conceit of the show is that Amanda and Aaron are tired of making decisions about what to do with their life. And so they they plan to join a cult. And Eric, you love, you are, you love cults. (laughs) When you say that I love cults, it sounds like I'm a lunatic, but really I'm just fascinated by cults, by cult leaders and cult followers. And I'm just really interested in that whole experience. And so, of course, I was very intrigued uh, to listen to their podcast and the way they've decided, like how they are going to pick which cult is through a uh, March Madness style bracket system. (laughs) Uh uh So um, the way that they do like uh, NCAA basketball (laughs) tournaments, that's how they're picking which cult they're going to be in. Um, and they, uh, they have all this criteria that, that they judge the cult by, like, for instance, um, what do I have to wear? Do I have to wear something special? Are you going to make me shave my head? That kind of thing. Um, what kind of job will I have? Can I still work at the library or do I have to like make crystal jewelry or, um, that sort of thing? Do I have to join your fake Navy? Um, uh, uh, one of the criteria is, um, oh. won't you won't you please think of the children? Like, what are the children doing in the cult? Because mm. this is very important. They're both mothers, um, so they're interested in that. Um, so they have all this criteria. Now, I will say, it's um, it's humorous, um, but it is a bit judgmental. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you're a regular listener of our podcast, and you know that Eric and I uh, are constantly ever in the zone of no the no judgment zone of no judging that's where we try to live yeah 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 so this is like an escape from that and like like a humorous format um and they they talk about because unfortunately cults um are often manipulative of their members and they're often up to bad things and um and so they uh this is all in jest it's all they're not really joining a cult and they're not really like dunking on people for joining cults it's all they're they actually share a lot of information and they're both librarians so they cite their sources which i love um and um, so you'll learn a lot, but it's also, it's presented in this like humorous format of like, which cult should, should we join? And um, it's just been really, it's really cute. I love it. And I just been listening to it in my car and, you know, at, in a time where we can't really hang out with our friends, yes. I kind of feel like when I'm listening to their podcast, I'm like hanging out with them. And uh, so uh, Madness Madness is the stuff I'm loving and I'm giving my Valentine one of my Valentines too, my friend Amanda and her sister Erin, and actually Erin's husband who produces the podcast, who's also really funny. So. <laughs> what, um, how many cults do they start with 
for the brackets. Oh, that's really, so I don't know off the top of my head. It's like 16, I think maybe. Okay. Wait, yeah, that's right. Sweet 16, right? That's a basketball thing, right? I honestly don't know. I think that's a, a Molly Ringwald movie or something. <laughs> 16, 16 candles. candles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they start off with 16 and they're going to like start narrowing. Are they, are they based on real cults? It's all real cults. Are they all real active cults? No, they're not all still active. Ah, so, okay. Yeah, but okay. Um, you know, all of your favorites are in there. We've got Heaven's Gate. We've oh. got Scientology. We've got uh, Hare Krishna. We've got all, all of all of the classics and some new ones that you may not uh, may not have been privy to. Um, yeah. So I've been really enjoying it. <laughs> That's great. What's the name of that podcast again? Madness, madness. <laughs> <laughs> very nice okay uh my next stuff that i'm loving is um dear inkle studios um i-n-k-l-e thank you very much for producing and creating the video game heaven's vault i've enjoyed it on the switch and although i know it came out last year on steam i do not have a good gaming pc i've just started playing it now i very much enjoy that it is a game about archaeology that doesn't also involve shooting things in the head. I've been playing video games my entire life and I've never seen something like this before. The world that you've created where you can go out and explore ruins to some people may seem very boring and slow to me is exactly what I want out of a game about archeology. span Thank you very much Inkle Studios for creating Heaven's Vault. Please accept my Valentine. You are stuff I'm loving. Oh, nice. Yeah, Heaven's Vault is just real quick. It's um, it's exactly what that is. You are an archaeologist and you go to these different sites. It's kind of in this kind of pseudo semi-futuristic um, world where you can kind of fly between moons, but it's really set. It's very grounded as in like the places you visit feel more like um, locales and like the um, like modern day or ancient like Middle East kind of, you know. I actually had a Freya. I had a sweet moment with Freya where Freya was watching me play the game, and she goes, "They're both wearing uh, they're both wearing um, oh, now I'm gonna get the word mixed up. They're both wearing hijabs," is what she said to me. And I was like, "Oh, you're right, Freya. They both are." Wow, Freya, I, know the word hijab. Yeah, I know, and I was like. I guess I'm doing a pretty good job, I suppose, as a dad. Hey, pat yourself on the back. Thank you. <laughs> um, but then the the main draw of the game aside from its story and and world is that you are going to these different sites and you're trying to decipher this language and so it's all these you at first you don't know what the words are and you kind of make guesses based on where you find the words is it on like a telescope so maybe this word might mean like you know stars and is it like above like a house maybe this means home and then as you find more and more words the game kind of cross-references them and then be like, oh, well, this one's probably right. This one's probably wrong. And you slowly go through it. And I think it's a game that isn't for everyone because it's definitely not an action-y. You're, you're walking around a lot, just like in the desert and like looking at old things. Um, but uh, it's a very special game and I'm hoping to finish it because it's very cool, so. It sounds to me almost like um, like a simulator game, like a it's an archaeology simulator game. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. It's very um, you travel around the they call it the nebula, but like all where the different moons are with this robot sidekick named Six, and so there is like a lot of like 
like conversations between these two and it's just like the joy of the game comes with like like discovering the story and living in this world and then also being like oh my goodness I just translated my first sentence because <laughs> at first you're like I don't know what any of this means and then slowly you're like oh this word means this oh now I know that they're trying to say the statue means that you know it's it's a great game and I'll, I'll, like, I'll, I'm like i a fan of anything that pushes the the medium of video games past shooting things in the head don't get me wrong i shoot things in the head in video games all the time but i'm saying i do it all the time i'm looking for other experiences and uh it's really good so that's awesome yeah yeah i love it um my uh next valentine Mm -hmm. goes to the cast and crew (laughs) of a show that i watched on netflix called Shit's Creek. Oh, yes. Okay. Have you watched this show? Um, So I've watched, I think, the first two seasons. And then Amanda watched, like, I was kind of watching the rest, like, off and on with Amanda when I was in the room, kind of, or, you know. And then we watched the last episode together. Um, But it was a very good show from what I saw, you know. Yes. And I'm not cursing. Um, Shit is spelled S-C-H-I-T-T, and it is a person's last name. Mm-hmm. And um, the television show Shit's Creek is about a wealthy family, the Roses, um, and they uh, lose their wealth suddenly. And the only, the only asset that they retain is the town of Shit's Creek, which the father and the family, Johnny, bought for his son, David, as a joke. (laughs) These people were so incredibly wealthy, they were just buying towns as jokes. And then they lost everything um, except the town. And so they moved to the town (laughs) (laughs) because they have nowhere else to go. And, um, and, this may not sound like uh, like a show you might want to watch. Like, oh, so it's a bunch of spoiled rich people and they're in this like little town and they're, you know, reacting to the people in the town. But, and I will say, I watched the first season and I was like, I don't know what's so special about the show. Uh, these people seem kind of mean to me and I just, I don't, but I kept watching and Eric, I ended up falling in love with this show and the characters and because this the rose family these people really transform Mm -hmm. into much much better people due to their experiences in this small town and the people who live in their interactions with the people who live in this town and i really really thought it was like like a very sweet and wholesome show um which is a weird thing to and dropped them in like I don't know for instance the town that I live in um they (laughs) but but then they got jobs at the library and they started helping people and they became better people (laughs) due to that experience that's kind of like the premise of the show and um it's just really sweet and I loved it and there's something specific about the show that I really character is uh, well one of the main characters is David Rose Mm -hmm. the son of the family and he quickly became my favorite um and 
the actor who plays him is a guy named Daniel Levy and he is also the co-creator of the show he co-created the show with his dad (laughs) Dean Levy which is so cute and they're both in the show and they play father and son which is adorable um but uh something he did something in the show that I don't know if people will pick up on but the show appears to take place in an alternate reality in which there is zero judgment for people <laughs> who who live a lifestyle in which they say are attracted to people of their same gender. Um, for lack of a better word, homophobia just doesn't exist on the show. And it is so refreshing. And um, you and I, our big fans, again, of the uh, no judgment zone of no judging. Mm -hmm. And so to see it realized on television was really powerful for me. And I think for other people too, I've, I've talked to some people who watch the show and they've mentioned to me that specifically they really like this aspect of the show. The fact that um, for instance, Dave relationship, with another character named Patrick and there's just nothing there's never any like trauma that they have to experience or overcome it's just about like them you know and they're falling in love and they go on a picnic and (laughs) they own you know they have a, a shop together and it's like it's it's just um I don't know it was the stuff I was loving for sure I I binging it during the ice storm <laughs> it's um it's do you so, know how many seasons yeah, it's creek oh it's six seasons mm-hmm. it's 80 episodes total i know that's a lot for you <laughs> 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 but if anyone out there is looking for like a sweet wholesome show to watch i would give it a try it's also really really funny and I know this because there were a couple times that I was watching it and I had a migraine. And a lot of times when I have a migraine, I hate everything around me. Um, but I was still laughing at that show. So <laughs> I feel like that just speaks volumes to the humor that they, the quality of the humor. <laughs> the, um, I think, um, I think I've seen probably about half of all those episodes if it's 80, you know, I think that sounds about right. And you're right about the humor. Like it's really, um, <laughs> cause it's, it's the show's interesting in a way where like, for exa- example, like a typical plot of one of the episodes might be like, Oh, um, I don't know. Like, uh Oh, they need to elect a new city council. <laughs> Who should it be? You know? And then that's the whole episode, you know, and there's yeah. like kind of cutesy moments. Um, but then that's it, you know, and it just kind of feels like you're kind of going through these moments with the with the roses. And uh, no, it's it's a great show. Um, and like I said, I did watch that final episode. And I thought they did a really good job of doing like a send off for all those characters, you know. Eric. Wait, 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 wait. What did you and I know what did you and Brett do for Valentine's Day? Did you guys do anything? Actually, we did. Yeah. We, we, um, Brett treated me uh-huh. <laughs> to a Lord of the Rings marathon. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was almost the stuff I was loving because I haven't watched those movies in a really long time. I was like obsessive about them when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and um, Brett had never seen them. He had seen bits and pieces and he was like, I, I'm almost afraid to tell you this, but I've never actually watched all of the Lord of the Rings movies all the way through. And I was like, <gasps> and he was like, why don't we watch them for Valentine's Day? And we did. And he had a lot of thoughts, yeah. a lot of thoughts. We don't need to go into them, but it was a very enjoyable, very enjoyable experience. Did you half, and Amanda do anything for Valentine's Half Day? of Brett's thoughts involved Orlando Bloom's wig. <laughs> Did you um real quick was it extended version marathon? We um we ended up watching the theatrical cut. No, hey, no judging. <laughs> well, so he was like, should we watch extended or theatrical? And I was like, listen, these theatrical cuts are like three to four hours yeah. long just by themselves. And I was like, I don't know if you're ready for the extended cuts. I was like, maybe we start with theatrical and if you like them, we'll move on. We're we're not gonna move on to the extended cuts, but um, it was still worth it. It was still a good time. I think the extended Return of the King is like a four hour movie. I mean, that movie's got like five endings. Remember, like ends yeah. it ends like six times. That was uh, something that Brett noticed. <laughs> Um, I was gonna say Brad Pye has never watched those movies because he he lived in Lord of the Rings. He's basically been a barbarian, so he's like, I don't need to um, watch those movies. I've lived through them, Tess, and it wasn't like that. Elves' hair isn't that long, and other things. Um, we we did actually well. Okay, we did something very romantic. Amanda and I um, we got a hotel. Ooh. Uh, and then we did something not that romantic. We brought our daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's it. Um, we went to, there's a hotel like in Frederick that we go to um, or that we've gone to once before. Um, and we go in there and we, we swim in the pool and we order room service and we eat in, in the bed. And uh, that's what we did for Valentine's Day. That sounds really fun. Yeah, we got to hang out with our uh, our two friends, Scott and Alex, and their kiddo, Noah. They came by and we just hung out in the hotel room together and swam together. And uh, that's it. I did write, Amanda, a very romantic love poem because oh. I, am, I am an expiring uh, poet and I'm a very romantic man. My heart is filled to the brim with gooey gooey loveness um but that's all we did we kept it real low-key and to be honest she got her love poem uh yesterday so <laughs> it wasn't even on actual Valentine's Day but hey what are you gonna do um oh I almost hit tells from the library I realize that's the wrong thing here wait you ready ready cake challenge <laughs> We're working on the we're working on the uh, melody. Um, workshopping it. Yeah, we're workshopping it. We're getting there. The uh, so cake challenge is the segment where one of us challenges the other one to uh, consume some type of media, have some type of experience, or read some type of book, um, anything under the stars, and then the other one has to do it. Uh, think of it like a book club, but um, involving anything. Doesn't just have to be a book, and usually shorter experiences. Uh, last time I challenged Tess to read the book. What is it? Give me a second. What is it? The Stuff of Stars by, I can't make that out. Marion? Marion Dane Bauer. Okay. Um, question. Did you complete the challenge? I did complete the challenge. Okay. Actually, you had, there were other caveats that you gave me. Like, I, uh -huh. I think I had to be, like, relaxed and have a warm beverage. I forget 
precisely all of the um, the caveats, but I did I did have a relaxing moment with a warm beverage, and I read this book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a children's picture book, um, "The Stuff of Stars" by Marion Dean Bauer, and I have five things to say about it. Thank you. Are you ready? Did you? Quick question: yeah. When you read the book yeah. under the correct conditions, yeah. Did you become one with the universe? <laughs> Maybe for a short period of time. <laughs> I w- well, I was going to say the correct answer is you were always one already with- <laughs> a part of the universe as this book. Uh-huh. Okay. Me. So this book is um, a very interesting story about basically the origin of the universe that we live in and um uh, five things that I really um, felt like were really strong about this book. The first is um, that it begins, you know, the origin of the universe, as far as we know, begins with just there was nothing and then there was a, a what? A big bang. And then there were things so mitochondria and stuff like that and like so um <laughs> and so uh the way that she and there's you know people have beliefs about the origin of the universe that m- may or may not be based in scientific discoveries um and i feel like she sort of honors that in in the book like she mentions that um like before there was a bang uh she says a speck Mm -hmm. floated invisible as thought weighty as god Mm -hmm. which i thought was like a really interesting way to say like listen if you believe that god created the universe that's cool. If you believe that it was a big bang, that's cool too. Maybe you believe that there was like alien life forms that gave birth to us. You can think that too. Um, I'm just here to tell you the story. And I really appreciated that, that she kind of acknowledges that other people believe other things, different things about um, the origin of the universe. So that was thing number one that I thought was really strong. I'm just <laughs> consulting my notes here. Um, okay. Thing number two that I thought was really mm-hmm. strong and interesting is that um, as she's she's telling you the story of the universe, we, like us on Earth, don't show up until like the last three pages, uh-huh. which I loved because if you've done any sort of research about the origin of the universe, it took like a really long time to get to where we are. In fact, like the amount of time that we've been around is like so minuscule compared to the life of the universe thus far. And I like that she kind of portrays that in the book because there's just page after page after page of like, and, and of things just building up to life as we know it which I really like that she took her time with it, which is great because the universe also took its time making us. (laughs) Um, Thing number three that I really liked about this book. um, I love that you have like bullet points though. I think I might in the future with Cake Chairs, I think I'm going to be like, I have three things to say about this book. I have four things. I like that a lot. I think that's a great like framing mechanism. So um, all of this, is leading up to 
um, what she says, you, it was all leading up to you. And I thought to myself, who is she talking about? And the book is dedicated to her child. And, um, but she could literally be talking about anyone. It's all leading up to all of us. Like it was all leading up to, to, to you and you and you. And, and I thought like, how, what an amazing idea that all of this happened and now you're here experiencing whatever you're experiencing. And there are probably days where you question whether or not your existence is necessary to the universe. Uh, those are dark days and I feel like everybody's got them every once in a while. And I thought this is so interesting, like um, uh, whether or not you feel like it's necessary, a, a lot went into <laughs> you being here and now you're here. So, so try to make the most of it. You know, I thought that was such an interesting idea that it really made me think about. All right, number four. Um, oh, I love, it's a very same team y'all mm -hmm. book. Because <laughs> if you think about this was all leading up to you, you personally, but it was, it was all leading up to everything. Like everything on the planet, every person on the planet all has essentially the same origin story like we we're all made of the same stuff that's been around since the very beginning and and we're all literally on the same team which i love that because it fits into our 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 podcast and our life philosophy mm -hmm. and then number five the last thing that i really love about this book is i think the illustrations are really beautiful and I feel like as a children's librarian, I should like be more eloquent about the art, which is in children's books, but I'm so not like, I, mm -hmm. I, I'm not an artist. I never studied art. I don't know anything about it really. I don't know how they made these images. I just think they're really pretty. And those are five things that I thought about the stuff of stars. Five <laughs> things that you thought about the stuff of stars. I am, um, I'm glad you enjoyed it. The, um, and now I get to eat cake. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now you get to, you've earned it. You get to eat it now. The, um, I think the thing you were talking about, like it all leading up to you, right. And when I say you, I mean Tess and I mean you or listeners and me, um, this is what about this is a crazy thought i think it's fun to talk about alternate timelines right mm. like it's fun right like oh what if this happened and what if the, let's go back in time and stop lincoln from getting assassinated mm -hmm. and you know who knows who knows what's possible but just imagine just for funsies what if there is only one timeline and it's just the one that we're in and everything that has happened before could never have ever happened any other way. Because if it did, it wouldn't have ended like, like there's no way. There's no way. So for example, let's say you watched a movie and you like, let's say it was Lord of the Rings. And let's say you watch it, look at you. And let's say you watch this movie. And no, no, I won't go there. Let's say you're, you're watching a movie and let's say you were like, um, this movie's dumb. 
this is what could have happened. This is these are the things they should have done. Well, they couldn't have because if they could have, they would have. <laughs> right? I mean, they would have never done the thing you said because they did the thing they did. There's no way around it. So then like once I know Jeff Goldblum. So like once you start thinking of things in that way, like now it's like not even a of how th- things could have been different. Like, right. Like this last episode of WandaVision. I wish this happened um, instead of this. Well, guess what? It couldn't have. It never will. That universe does not exist where that thing happened. You know, um, I don't know where I'm going with this. But anyway, that's like really comforting. Like once you're like, oh, well, that happened. I said that thing and I regret it. There's no way that could have ever happened differently, you know? Because the, the <laughs> look at you. Yeah, but it's true, right? Well, if you think about it, and like sometimes, like I may have, like, why did I do that? Or I wish I, this morning, I should have went for a run. Why didn't I go for a run? Well, the reason I didn't go for a run is I didn't go for a run. The things in my life, like that morning and yesterday and the day before that led to me not going for a run could never have happened differently, right? Like I just did not go. I slept in or I ate breakfast or I did th- I did something. I wasn't running. And thinking, man, I wish I went for a run. What does that do? That does nothing. Well, it's holding you back because yeah. you're now you're feeling negative. You're feeling uh-huh. guilty. You're feeling um, you're uh, mad at yourself. You're down on yourself. Mm. Um, meanwhile, if you just free yourself yes. with the thought that it didn't happen because it didn't happen. And now I move on. Yeah. I mean, that's some that's some Jeff Goldblum stuff right That's there. some Jeff Goldblum stuff. <laughs> I had mentioned, I think it was two episodes ago, I think my quote of the week was from a book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And he says a lot of, like, one of the things he says is a lot of things we think is the same thought over and over, right? As in like, oh, I wish I didn't eat this, or I wish I didn't do this, or why did I do this, or why did I do that? And he talks about like, if you free yourself from like, well, those things are in the past. They're just memories. The future is imaginary, like we said already. And focus on now, like imagine what you could experience, you know? <laughs> I, is- no, I think this is awesome. because, yeah. And I was just having a conversation with some people at work today. And I was talking about how I overthink things. And I'm um, constantly like after every, almost every interaction with every person mm-hmm. that I <laughs> ever interact with, as soon as they walk away, I think to myself, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said yeah. this thing, or maybe I shouldn't have, you know, maybe what, I, what if I offended them? Why did or, I say it that way? Or move, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Or maybe I, you know, yeah, you're not the every only time, one. Yeah. Every time I send an email, this is, this is sick. I'm a sick person. Every, every time I send an email, I immediately go to my sent folder and then and I read it. it. Yeah. And then I'm like, Ooh, maybe I should have, or I, oh, I had a typo like, Oh no, he's going to think that I don't know what I'm doing. Cause I did a typo in this email, but like, I can't unsend it. Now I'm just going to, I want to think about this book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to try to just let it go. It just, you know it, what? It was all leading up to this. It happened. It happened. And no matter what happened, like, it's not like, well, let me tell, let me tell you a little story, Tess. The other day, look at you. The other day I was at work. Was this last week? I think it was last week. And we had, I think like six months evals or interims, or I'm still figuring out like how things work at my new job. But essentially it was my boss, my supervisor sitting down with me and we were talking about um, things that I do great, 
There were a lot of them because I'm amazing. Uh, some things that uh, I don't do great. There was one. It was monthly reports. I don't like writing them. And uh, um, my goals in the future, that kind of stuff. Well, um, I was feeling extra Jeff Goldblumy that day. And like, Tess, this is a safe area where, you know, I can kind of talk about, I don't know, worshiping trees or how, you know, uh, the air that I'm breathing is the same as the Mastodons back in yielding days and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, but maybe that's not a conversation that you usually have with your boss at work during your six month eval. So anyway, we're, we're talking about goals and she's asking me how how I'm doing, um, like, which, by the way, my supervisor, amazing. She was doing great because one of the things she asked was, how am I holding up during all of this with COVID and all that, which is so great. And I told her, I said, well, I'm personally doing really well because I know no one, no one I know personally has gotten sick yet so far um, and that I've been able to work, you know, this whole time. And I was even paid for like four months to not work. Like how lucky am I? And I got my house, you know, and I got my job and I'm living the golden age. And I could have stopped it there. Like I could have stopped talking and that's perfectly acceptable. Like the things he said, he's good. But then I started talking about the idea of suffering and how, like, even though I know other people are suffering, some people are getting sick, some are losing loved ones, some are losing their jobs, some don't have homes. I could never <laughs> let that suffering affect me because if I did, then I would always be suffering on behalf of others, right? And then, so I could have stopped there too. But then I started talking about how like we are in an unprecedented times and so many people are, it's, this has never happened before. But if you really think about it, people are constantly becoming homeless and people are constantly dying. And I asked my supervisor, in this, in the time of this conversation, we've been talking for about 30 minutes, me and her, how many people do you think have died on the planet? <laughs> I said, what, thousands, right? Thousands of people. I said, and then I started talking about how, well, we can't let that, because then we would never smile. We would never feel joy. So then I could have stopped. But? <laughs> but then I started, I kept talking about the concept of what we can do to prevent this and what we can't do. And anyway, it went on for a while. All that to say is that I could have left that and been like, what did I, what did I do? And I'll tell you right now, I did have a moment where I was like, what did I, what did I say? And I think my supervisor was like, well, that was a, a great meeting anyway. <laughs> but, but what I did do, cause I took a moment. Cause I, you know, this is, none of us are perfect. So I was thinking about this, like what we talked about, like, it happened. There's nothing I could do. And, you know, I thought about it. I was like, my supervisor is not going to fire me over this. You know what I mean? Like, are you kidding me? She had great things to say about me. And I talked to my coworker who I do have Jeff go bloomy conversations with. I was like, you know what I just told my supervisor? <laughs> and we had a good laugh over it. And it's no big, moral of the story is I said things I probably shouldn't have said during the, inter during the eval, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Anyway, that's the end of my story. That's a great story. <laughs> yes. It was, and I think I said even like more. And I know that like on her face, she's like, where is he going with that? Because the question was, how are you holding up? <laughs> <laughs> are and you, then I, 
how many people do you think have died during our conversation? That's it. I remember I looked at the clock. I said, Jen, I said, well, her name is Jennifer. I said, Jennifer, how many people do you think have died on this planet since we've been talking? <laughs> it's like, I can't let that affect me, you know, which is true. But I mean, I don't know. Anyway, uh, real quick, would you like to hear a song from our good friend, Marshall Rosenberg? Oh, yeah. Are you going to play it for me? Here it is. Here it is. Tell me if you can hear this. What a callback. Mimi Beautiful. Do you hear him? Look for the best in me. That's what I really am. And all I want to be. Oh, my God. <laughs> it may take some time. It may be hard to find, but see me beautiful. There we go. That's a little bit. That's a little a little snippet there. Legit. I think he sounds great. Yeah, it's a great. I mean, he sounds. It's like a good like old folksy kind of sound. But anyway, the audiobook, like he'll just stop and be like, "Let me tell you this song." <laughs> it's so good, right? It reminds me of Willie Nelson, and I love Willie Nelson. Oh yeah, the um, the red haired stranger. Is that what Willie Nelson has? <laughs> no, is that not a thing? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I'm not like a Willie Nelson super fan. I just oh. enjoy his music. Okay. I know there's some people who like worship Willie Nelson, and I respect those people. But I just like, I like to listen to his music. <laughs> I know that at every Texas Roadhouse, there's a Willie Nelson corner. Do you know about this? Yeah. Yeah. Every. Of him there. Yeah. If you go to Texas Roadhouse, I think like every corner, I don't know why, but there's like Willie's corner and it's like Willie Nelson's corner. I don't know what that means. And next time I go, which I have not been to a Texas Roadhouse in over a year and that mm -hmm. is tragedy and next time i go i'm gonna ask to be seated in willie's corner <laughs> this is why since it's since we're in like a valentine's day mood um this is why i love your husband because i will remember always us sitting down at a texas red house and him going hey to the waitress there's a good tip in for you if you keep the rolls coming do not stop bringing me rolls and you will get a good tip i remember him saying that the classic Brett line. Classic Brett. Husband <laughs> to the cast. Tess, you got any lessons for us today? Oh, wait, wait. I have to deal you a cake. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I All right, Eric. I don't know if you're going to like this, but here it is. It's right. fine. It's there, I want you to watch an episode of a Netflix show. I'm writing it down right now. All right. The show is called The Cabin. <laughs> okay. And you, you wait, quick question. Do you want me to go in blind or are you going to tell me a little bit about I'll it? I'll give you a little bit of background. Okay. okay. Cabin. Big Cabin. And it's um, episode two. Wait. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> You're going to watch episode two. It's one of those series where you don't have to watch them in order. Okay. You see the skepticism on my face? You don't yeah. have to? I know what you're saying. You don't have to watch them in order. You can watch them completely out of order. Because I'm going to give you everything you need to know. <laughs> okay, listen. You're going to watch episode number two. The title of the episode is Tough Love. You want to okay. write that down? <laughs> episode two, Tough Love. T-U-F-F? -F? 
B-O-U-G-H. Okay. Okay. So The Cabin is a television show on Netflix. It stars comedian Burt Kreischer. And it is basically a like a um, pseudo scripted reality comedy show. And the premise of the show is that Bert is a mess, which he is a mess in real life. Um, but in the show, he's also a mess. And he goes to a cabin in the mountains um, to try to find himself. And, um, but he can't just go up there and meditate. He brings like his comedian friends with him and they do various things like, uh, uh, there's an episode where they go beekeeping and there's an episode (laughs) where they, they roll their own cigars and there's an episode where he gets a massage and then they do like all of these various things that are, uh, supposed to kind of make you a, a better, more grateful person, um, and uh, results vary. But the episode that I want you to watch um, features um, his friends that he's brought along with him are comedian Nikki Glazer and um, not comedian, but person in the um, celebrity person, Caitlyn Jenner. And um, I thought it was a really interesting um uh, interaction between the three of them and um, Caitlyn Jenner for anyone who w- has been living under a rock for 10 years or so is uh, a, a trans woman who has been in the news do you, and do you know where I've been living under you know where oh, I've been do you not know who Caitlyn Jenner is no oh wow Eric is okay. that, I thought I was gonna think it was a sports star Caitlyn Jenner was a sports star. Caitlyn oh. was um, uh, formerly known as formerly known as Bruce Jenner, not tennis um, triathlon, I believe. Oh, I'm not okay. a sportsy person, so I don't know. But Bruce Jenner won many Olympic medals, and now um, lives her life as Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, okay. And, and Bert is a messy comedian, and he has a uh, uh, an evening with this person and I feel like they have a really meaningful interaction and I'd like you to observe it I and will observe this interaction maybe you'll, you'll watch it and you'll be like this is stupid I don't know why 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 I just wanted you to watch it but that's the point of the cake challenge is you have to watch the thing that I tell you to watch the point of the cake what was that only like 30 minutes long or something like the that. point of the cake challenge is i have to watch or read or whatever the thing i mean that's and i'll tell you right now to see i was thinking about it i was like i'm so glad we brought the cake challenge back because i was like oh man now i can tell tests to watch or read things. the only caveat though is like the thing i would really like you to read <laughs> all joking aside is the overstory and it doesn't count for cake challenge because it is way longer than 30 pages like it is a big book I mean, you could assign me like the first 30 pages of it or something. No, that doesn't work because it's like such a slow, bar- like it's it's a book uh, for listeners. Overstory is a book by Richard Powers about trees and the story of trees and how we live with them. And just like a tree, 30 pages of his book is like looking at less than a sapling of a tree. Like it's like looking at a sapling and imagining what the oak could look like, you know, 30 30- 
I thought of you today. I think of you often. I think of you too, Tess. Yeah. <laughs> but I specifically thought of you today because I was I was talking to someone about books and she was mentioning that she has great respect for books. Um, books were very a big part of her um, her life. And uh, she said when she lends someone a book, they can't even bend the pages. Mm -hmm. She requests specifically that they don't bend the pages. And the reason is that used to be a tree and you need to respect it. <laughs> and I, mean, I was like, wow, that's a very Eric thought. <laughs> that, that is an Eric thought. I um, I will tell you, so I mentioned that I read a love poem for Amanda and I won't read the whole thing because I don't actually have it memorized, but I will tell you the closing line is that you are as perfect and as lovely as a tree is my closing line to Amanda. And I literally can't think of a higher praise because trees, yeah, yeah, trees are perfect. Okay, so if anyone's playing at home, um, the thing to consume for Cake Challenge, if you would like to play along, is an episode from Netflix called, uh, It's a the TV show is called The Cabin and we wanna watch episode two, Tough Love, correct? Featuring Caitlyn Jenner and Nikki Glaser, yep. Sounds good. Uh, I will do my best to consume it. And you got any life lessons for us? I do. <laughs> did you learn a life lesson this week? I did. That's great. Let's talk about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you ever think, you know how when we finish our intro and we're always like, music provided by Guy Dudeman, we should be like, Muse this song provided by us <laughs> for better or worse but, i mean this this is it guys that's what it is um so eric earlier in the episode you mentioned that you're weather blind and you, <laughs> you don't pay attention <laughs> you live under a rock and you don't pay attention to what the weather is well i'll tell you it's been snowing a lot lately where we live in the oh. state that we live it's been snowing a lot and um, every time it snows, I think about this rabbi that I knew <laughs> once. And the reason I think about him. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it seems like a strange association mm -hmm. to make. But this rabbi, his name is um, Rabbi Erwin Goldberg. And he, um, he was the rabbi at Temple Beth Israel, which was like my, my home synagogue when I was a, a younger person. And um, he was a very uh, influential figure in my life, a very positively influential figure in my life. And I feel that he said so many profound things over the course of me knowing him that I could fill several books. But one of the profound things that's always stuck with me is um, when it would snow and it snowed a lot where we lived. We lived in Pennsylvania and um, it basically snows from like December to April mm, there. Mm -hmm. um, and um, a lot of people complain about the snow. Some people love snow. They love to play in it. But if you have to like, I don't know, go to work and you have to clear off your car and you have to, or maybe you have to walk a far distance in the snow or something, it might be something that you complain about. And um, some people were complaining about the snow and Rabbi Goldberg said, I love the snow. And they were like, why, why do you love the snow? Oh, I love it. Okay. <laughs> and he said, um, it's like a light in the darkness. 
-hmm. And they were like, well, how so? And he said, well, this is a very dark time of year, winter. Um, the, uh, the days are shorter in winter. It just seems like there's a whole lot more darkness uh, in the world. But when it snows, it's, um, it's super bright. I mean, sometimes when it's just covered the ground, you have to put on sunglasses because the, the sun is reflecting off of the white snow and everything is bright. And you might even complain about that too. But, but the rabbi was challenging us to see the snow as a blessing. And he said, I like to look at it as if, of course, he's a religious man. Um, I, ass I, I assume the rabbi would be religious. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he said, I like to think that, um, that God purposely sends this really bright symbol to us in the during the darkest time of the year when mm. we really need it. And I, that just has really stuck with me like forever. And every time it snows and people complain about it, I think to myself, but God, God is trying to bring you some light in the darkness or the universe or the goddess or whatever the, you like, the powers that be, whatever mm -hmm. floats your boat, mm -hmm. philosophically speaking. Um, maybe it's a, but it's a symbol of light in the darkness. And the thing, the, the lesson that I've been ruminating on is that um, I read a quote on, online somewhere and unfortunately I didn't look it up right before we came. I shall paraphrase it for you. And I don't even know where the quote originates from, but it was basically like, if you don't, if you choose to not find joy in the snow, guess what? You're gonna have the same amount of mm -hmm. snow in your life but you're not going to have any more joy. Mm. So why not choose to find joy in the snow? Oh, that and is so good. That's the life lesson I learned for anyone out there who's complaining about the snow. And I get it because sometimes there's a storm and the power goes out and it's very inconvenient. Sometimes it's scary if you're not prepared. Um, I was talking to someone at work and her relatives live in Memphis, Tennessee, and it snowed there and it never snows there. And it was like inches of snow, like they can't get out of their house because they don't own a shovel. Why would they? It never yeah. snows there. So I understand that snow can be stressful, but it can also be quite beautiful if you choose to see it that way. And that was the life lesson that I have been thinking about this past fortnight. I love it. The um, um, so okay, so that got me thinking about something. So I like the idea of you, you could choose to see things, see the beautiful in the snow or in other things, right? And I think this is kind of similar to uh, whether you want a lot of snow or not, it's happening, right? Like what you want isn't, it's not going to change it. And if you got a bunch of snow yesterday, there's no other way around it. Um, the other day, so I have this bag. I know you're like, where is he going with this story? I have a bag. You might've seen it back when we worked together, like a work bag. Um, and one day I took a bottle of V8 and I put it in there. I don't know if you know how much I love V8. I, don't know, I love it. <laughs> like every time I talk to you, you tell me how much you love V8. <laughs> I do. I do. I, every morning I say, I love V8. Um, but anyway, I'll- I know about my Lord and Savior V8. Yeah, yeah. The, it's, uh, it's like when I pray to like the, uh, the goddess without name, made of trees, the V8 is like the uh, holy sacrament. Like I drink it. I'm like, mm, thank you for the eight vegetables. Anyway, the, um, 
you probably know where the story is going already. I put a bottle of V8 in my bag. You're not going to believe it. The top came off the bottle and I got a bag. I looked down in my bag and I go, uh, oh, I think a little bit of V8 got on a book. That's not so bad. And I take the bottle out and I look and what I meant to say was only several inches of V8 are in my bag sloshing around on the bottom. Now, Oh, no. I got to tell you, not an ideal situation, but I mean, if we're to, and here's the deal, like, I'm not like, we're all working on ourselves, right? Like I'm trying to, it's not like Eric's got all the answers. Like I'm trying. And so it's sloshing around in the spirit of me trying to realize that like, whatever happens is going to happen. I look down, I go, okay, my bag's filled with V8. And you're not going to believe this not a reaction from me. In fact, I had coworkers around me. They didn't even know my bags filled with V8. And what I did is I took my bag. I took it all the way out to the car because everyone's ready to, it was at the end of the day. So everyone's getting ready to go. I don't want to hold everyone up. And even if I say like, go without me, someone's going to be like, no, let me wait for you. Cause people are kind. <laughs> so we went out all the way out to the car. Everyone drove away. I went back in the library. I came out and I got all these napkins and slushed it out. All that to say, what are you going to do? <laughs> my back's filled with V8, you know? And instead of like losing my mind over it, I, it was fine. Like, in fact, I had zero reactions. And now I got a great story involving V8. I should tell the V8 company this story and tell them how happy I was to, to well, I, I don't know where I'm going with that. But I mean, that it's fine is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. That's the theme of this show. It's fine. <laughs> oh, te- Tess, while you were giving me the the your life lesson, I thought of another thing I had told my supervisor during the thing. Yeah. I remember explicitly I told her this statement. <laughs> I said, in the great story of the earth, the part that humans play will be less than a, a single letter in a sentence. And long after we're all dead and gone, the earth is going to be fine. <laughs> and she was like, "Fine." Our, our meeting is done. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> so funny. Um, that was a great life lesson. The uh, We've reached the end of the podcast where Tess and I like to do a positivity pause or affectionately called, called a pause pause. <laughs> where we invite our fair listeners, that is you, uh, to uh, say something you're thankful for and something that you love about yourself. Uh, Tess, we like to go first. So what's something that you are thankful for? Something I'm thankful for. Okay, it's also snow related. Um, There's this amazing invention. Um, It's basically like, Uh, You know, sometimes people put chains on their tires to Uh get more traction when they drive in the snow. It's basically that, but for your feet. And it's um, these like these cleats that like attach to your shoe. Oh, cool. Strap them on your shoe. And now you've got basically snow, snow tires for your feet. And the reason I'm really grateful that this exists is because, as you know, because I can't stop talking about it, I broke my ankle and now I'm terrified of falling because that's Mm -hmm. how I broke my ankle. I fell. And now I have this like phobia that I'm going to fall and I'm going to break something else or I'm going to break my ankle again or what have you. So I'm scared of falling and I knew that the snow was coming. 
Um, and so I acquired a pair of these cleats to put on my shoes and they make me feel really secure when I'm walking outside in the snow and the ice. And I'm really grateful for that. <laughs> Very nice. Do you know the name of the brand of your cleats? I'm going to look it up while you tell me yours. Okay. Uh, the thing that I am thankful for is real simple. I am very thankful for my, uh, my love of reading. If any of our listeners, if you know anyone who doesn't like to read, no judging. I'll be the first one to admit, like not everyone does love it and that's perfectly fine. Um, but I very much love reading and I realize that in another, well, <laughs> I was going to say, like, if I didn't, I can't imagine not loving it. Let's put it that way. And like, I'm reading um, through the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series and they are great. And I'm just very happy that I was able to foster a love of learn, uh, reading at a young age and it stuck with me. Oh, cool. that's so nice. Yeah, yeah. I love it. A librarian who loves to read. <laughs> imagine that. Yeah, yeah. So listeners, why don't you take a moment and say something you're grateful for. Oh, very, did you feel that, Tess? I did. I, I, I could feel the gratitude. I felt it. It was like, it was like a warm breeze. It was very nice from the ocean. Eric, what's something you love about yourself? Uh, I wrote this down. Uh, and I don't know how successful I am at this, but I love that I am constantly trying to see the world devoid of social constructs. Um, we've talked a lot about this, how, uh, in fact, that main theme of our podcast is probably the stories we invent and the stories that we've been told that other people invent. Let's say, I don't know, the news, <laughs> right? And let's just say, I don't know, the comment thread on YouTube. There are these made, or our concepts of, let's say sexuality and gender, right? Or class and race. Um, I'm constantly trying to look at the world without that. And I think some would argue like, no matter what, there will be some social constructs to the way I see it. But the first step is to acknowledge that and then try to get past it. Another person, another word for a lot of those types of social constructs is personal bias. So constantly trying to look at the world um, without that. What's the stuff you hey. love about yourself? <laughs> Real quick, I want to uh, circle back to the cleats. They are made by Yak Tracks. We are not sponsored by Yak Tracks, but that is the company that made the the um, strap-on cleats that yeah. I have been using. <laughs> we are not sponsored by Yak Tracks at all. By the way, if you're going to make tracks, make tracks with Yak Tracks. <laughs> um, something, <laughs> something I love about myself. Um, is that I am an empathetic person mm -hmm. and sometimes that can be a real drag. <laughs> yep. You no, know? um, but I wouldn't want to be any other way. And I was thinking about it recently because I was in a situation when getting hurt, like physically hurt, um, we were doing some manual labor and this person bumped a part of their body and it hurt them a lot. And I reacted like immediately, like, oh my God, are you okay? Is there anything I can get you? Can I get you an ice pack? Can I get you a Tylenol? Do you need to take a break? Do you need to sit down? Do you want a glass of water? And then I noticed that there was a, a person standing right next to me who had zero reaction. <laughs> 
just like not even a gasp or not even like a like a a a, a raise of an eyebrow they were they just went on with their life as if nothing had happened and I thought to myself like it maybe it's nice maybe it's nice to go through your life and not care about other people maybe that's um maybe that's uh less stressful than what I go through regularly (laughs) but (laughs) at the end of the day I wouldn't want to be like that I I want to be the person who wants to help um, and that cares about people and feels their pain, um, as hard as that is sometimes, um, yeah. it is a, it's a thing that I love about myself. I think that's a great thing to love about yourself. And I think too, to take that idea, um, and to, to elaborate on it a little bit more, like for me anyway, I think the trick is so empathy is very powerful because it, it connects you to other people. But I think for me, the issue I've gotten into, so it's for me anyway, to empathize with someone's pain, but then to also realize there's nothing I can do to take that pain away. Right. And that's where, for me anyway, like that's the trap I fall into sometimes where like the whole reason we have this podcast, right? Like we're going to do it. And I see the world is hurting. I see the world's hurting. People are suffering and I want to make it better. And then if I let that suffering like consume me, that's the trick. That doesn't mean you can't be empathetic, right? Like I can be, the, the idea of people hurting in this world, we could acknowledge it, but then also to put a, a, a gap between ourselves and that so that we can still experience joy, even though there's so much going on, right? I know that was weird. I'm sorry. Okay. It's, uh, Brett, guess what, Eric? What? It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, listeners, uh, will you please take a moment and say something that you love about yourself? And if you didn't say something out loud, Tess and I know, and we're going to tell Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's okay. We're not oh, <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for sticking with us. We really appreciate it. And um, you've been listening to episode number. Uh, 56? You've been listening to episode, I think it's, I think it's episode 57, actually. Oh. <laughs> That's okay. Episode... It's- 50 something. <laughs> 50 something. Um, my name's Eric. My name is Tess. And we hope that you've enjoyed yourselves today. If you ever want to send in an email, tell us stuff that you're loving, participate in the cake challenge or a life lesson you've learned, that email is same team y'all at gmail.com. I look like I'm throwing down some raps. Same team y'all. Uh, and if you happen to partake in the social medias, if you don't, Hey, that's fine. But if you do, you can follow us on Twitter at... Same team, y'all. Yeah. You can also see our playlists on Spotify if you want, featuring such hits as Librarian Guilty Pleasures. Mm -hmm. Do you want to know what our guilty pleasures are? Go and listen to the Spotify mix. That's just a little taste for you. (laughs) One thing I'm excited about, Tessa, so guys, behind the scenes podcasting is Tess agreed to start... (laughs) posting episodes for me i think it's mostly so that they actually get out the door Uh, i appreciate that but now it frees me up that maybe i might add some music i want to add i think a playlist let me think about this songs to sing 
while you're alone in the dark. How does that sound? <laughs> that sounds great. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can go down for that. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for going on this adventure with us. And remember, we love you. Not in a creepy way. <laughs>